This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. He sounds like the source of the, the, uh, of the machines and fucking Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's wait till we get. <laughs> I can't do it. It's worse when I can see you. Because before I can see you, but now I can see you. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> shit on anyone's riff here but let me just see if i grasp this concept okay you're suggesting that we take some fucking parking shuttles and reinforce them with some aluminum siding and then just head on over the gun store we watch our good friend andy play some cowboy movie jump on the covered wagon bullshit then we're gonna drive across the ruined city through a welcome committee of a few hundred thousand dead cannibals also that we can sail off into the sunset on this fucking asshole's boat hi i'm candy the final girl it fucking figures. Blow my fucking head off. <laughs> um, tonight we are talking about the sometimes controversial Dawn of the Dead remake directed by Zack Snyder from 2004. Uh, we have Dave Gurman. Get back, Anna. I told you to get back. And you get hit by an ambulance. <laughs> my favorite um, thing in the movie. It's, it's an amazing moment. Uh, Rob, the cinema drunkie, Antiquetta. I think I'll just stay here a while. Enjoy the sunrise. Ah. Yeah. Sad, Coming sad, in with yeah. the serious. Uh, okay. We got <laughs> Mac, the all-star. Am I missing something here? Why did Dr. Chow order a head x-ray when the man was bitten on his hand? It would. <laughs> Foreshadowing. And Nico Nice. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Classic. <laughs> Love it. We got Ken Furry back in for that that moment. Okay, um, this is a uh, this has been a topic of debate between particularly Sean of the Dead and I. And um, on that note, I promised to let him start the conversation tonight. So have at it, Sean of the Dead. Talk about Dawn of the Dead remake. I can't stand the fucking guy, but this is my my Steven Crowder moment, right? This is me sitting behind my table with my fucking beer, and I got my fucking sign, and it says, I don't enjoy this movie. Change my mind. <laughs> and that's, that's what I expect from all of you, okay? I want to get 
I want to get a reverse wish, Wishmaster here. Uh, and, and for anybody who's not familiar on our Wishmaster episode, Rob started out with a really high score and slowly over the course of the episode lowered his score dramatically. Like four so I want the opposite. <laughs> I want the opposite. I want you guys to help me, you know, raise, raise this score a little bit. First off, despite popular opinion, I don't hate this film. Hate's a strong word. It's reserves for films like The Video Dead and Hard Rock Zombies. Yeah. Hard Rock Zombies. Secondly, Gotta agree. Secondly, <laughs> Rob, this isn't directed towards uh, any hatred towards Zack Snyder. I love Zack Snyder. Three um, Hundred is one of my favorite films. I love uh, what he did with The Watchmen. I know your love for uh, Batman versus Superman. So bullshit. You know this. This. <laughs> This isn't this isn't me shitting on Zack Snyder. Now, Zack uh, Snyder is James Justice Gunn, League, HBO Max. James, <laughs> James Gunn, that's a different story. Okay, so James Gunn wrote this, and we all know that James Gunn brought us Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yes. Yes. But we also know that James Gunn brought us Tromeo and Juliet, and. Yes. We gotta start somewhere. I apologize, yes. I, ap- <laughs> I apologize to all the trauma fans out there, but that movie is fucking garbage. I don't um, think trauma fans are. Oh. You know, um, they got <laughs> thick skins to be a trauma fan. You gotta have it. My issue with this film starts with the fucking title, right? Now I know that you know a lot of you are gonna say I'm being a purist, and that's fine. But the, my issue with this film is that. There's nothing remotely similar to this film except for the fact that it takes place in a fucking mall and you got a couple cameos from the actors in the original film. And that's that's awesome. I think that you, that's probably one of my favorite parts of this film. To give this film credit, I will choose this over uh, the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street any fucking day of the week. There's nothing in this that resembles the original and it's it's almost like they they played on the name um, to get street cred. I think that uh, you know there's there's no satirical jabs about nihilism or consumerism or racism. Um, I think the the film is just it's an action film with zombies. It's like an MTV version of Dawn of the Dead. It actually has more in common with Twenty Eight Days Later, I think, than. It does with the original Dawn of the Dead. And I think Mackay Pfeiffer was wasted in this. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Um, don't even get me started on the fucking zombie baby shit, because that was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have something to say about that. And, you know, I just, I'll keep this short and sweet, and we can, because I'm, I'm anxious to hear what everybody else has to say. There's only two things about this film that I really enjoyed, and that's the gore, because I thought the gore was done really well in this. And I think the first 20 minutes of this film uh, was really awesome. And I'm going to wrap this up with a quote. Um, To paraphrase Rob, it sums up my sentiments exactly. This is from the man himself, George Romero. And he says this. It was better than I expected. The first 15, 20 minutes were terrific, but it sort of lost its reason for being. It was more of a video game. I'm not terrified of things running at me. It's like Space Invaders. There was nothing going on underneath. And that kind of sums up how I feel about it. Um, I think that's well put. But in the words of Jules Winfield, 
allow me to retort. Um, <laughs> you know, I get a lot of flack because everyone knows of my love of Romero and my love, especially for Dawn of the Dead. You can go back, uh, listeners, and listen to our Dawn of the Dead episode where I wax poetic and just laud this thing with everything possible. But, you know, when this film came out, uh, my horror buddy Adam and I uh, were like, yeah, we got to check this out. So we went and saw it opening weekend and it blew us away. I mean, at first we looked at when the, the, the running zombies, we first looked at each other like, what the fuck? Are we okay with this? I don't know if we're okay with this. But, you know, I actually, despite, you know, everyone knows how Romero, if you're a, a big horror fan and you know Romero stuff, um, Romero does not approve of running zombies whatsoever. And I'm not, I know that. But, and I didn't really care for, and this is a hot take, but we're not going to talk about this on this episode. Like 28 days later, I didn't really care for that shit. Um, but any of those films, uh, but I did like this. And I have to disagree because I feel like this captures the the heart of that film in a lot of ways, the original film of Dawn of the Dead. Um, we have so many, and some of them are very, very subtle um, throwbacks to the original um, Galen Ross was also supposed to make a cameo. We've got Ken Fury doing his famous line that uh, Nico did, uh, when there's no room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Um, we've got Daddy Tom Savini doing a little cameo. We've got, uh, yeah. um, we've got uh, Scott Reininger, who played uh, Roger, um, um, doing a cameo. We've got Galen Ross was supposed to, but she was ill at the time, so they named a store after her. It's a blink and you miss it. Thing, but there, there's a lot of blink and you miss it throwbacks, and I feel like you know it takes place in the mall, so that you know, yeah, it does have that. But it, I feel like there's a lot of themes that were kind of updated a little bit for the time, you know. And where you say that there was no racism, there actually was some racism in this film, you know. And you know, I when my one of my favorite things about this is I, I'm a big Bing Rames fan, so here we are back at Pulp Fiction. I already quoted Jules, but uh, Bing Rames wanted this part so bad, he went out of his way to campaign to get this part. And he said, quote, unquote, the black guy lives. I have to have this role. And he got it. And he was amazing as Kenneth. And and, and that's another subtle throwback to the original uh, with Ken Faree playing Peter. We've got Bing Rames in this role, and he's Kenneth. You know, um, the zombie baby is, uh, is, uh, ooh, okay. That was, uh, I feel like a throwback to John Russo who helped write the, uh, helped George write the, the Night of the Living Dead, uh, screenplay. He wrote a book and it's not very good about the next chapter of what would happen after the Living Dead. And there was a zombie baby in that. So I feel like they were trying to include that. Also, I agree with Mackay Pfeiffer was a fucking waste in this. He's such a great actor, and he had a throwaway part for a fucking zombie baby. And the zombie baby, like, I could have done completely without that subplot. I will give you that. So on that note, um, I still have more to say, but I'll, I'll just let somebody else have the floor. Uh, who was next, uh, Rob? I was. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Nico. I, I lose track. Okay. Sorry. So I'm going to kind of retort also, too, as well. I'm going to use the jules winfield here so sean what what makes a remake 
kind of, you know, stand on its own is the fact that it takes the source material and kind of makes it its own, correct? Like this worked with Carpenter doing the thing when Cronenberg did The Fly, when De Palma did Scarface. They they took the source material and made it made it their own. Hang on, I'm going somewhere with this, but that that's kind of why I think this movie works. Even even the Marcus Nispel um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was its own movie. Like it took the source material and kind of took the the ball with it and kind of ran with it. I mean, granted, I mean for every good horror remake that there is, like The Fly, The Thing, Texas Chainsaw, even Friday the 13th, which I think is more of a sequel than it is a remake. If you watch it as a sequel, it's a lot better movie. I promise you'll enjoy that a lot more, honestly. But that being said, there's there's a Rob Zombie's Halloween. There's that Michael Bay Nightmare on Elm Street garbage. There's the PG-13 prom night movie. That's kind of why I, I, I liked And listen, Rob, I know how much you love this dude. I know you do. This is probably the only movie and 300 that I like from Zack Snyder. I think he's fucking all overhyped. I think he's very pretentious as a filmmaker. He is not visionary by any fucking means of the word. Okay? There's a reason why that you know, his Batman vs. Superman gets shit on all the time, okay? I love you, you're my brother, but I'm just letting you know, Zack Snyder is completely overhyped. He got it right with this one, and he got it right with 300. That's just my opinion. Now, that being said, um, I fully enjoyed this movie, and I like the fact that Ty Burrell's in this movie from Modern Family where, you know, he's like the happy-go-lucky, like, doormat Mitch on that show, but he's like a cocky prick in this movie instead and like i like the fact that the, that the mall guy. right and like that the mall security guard cj starts off as like a character that you hate but like his story arc even evolves where he becomes a team player and honestly sacrifices himself for the greater good of the team that he's trying to you know i, I think that's the thing is like this this movie kind of even predates the wall i mean i know it does by by leaps and bounds the walking yes. dead but even like a lot of these characters start off as kind of um, you know, like Anna's character starts off as like a weaker almost, but like she's like she's got this pent up frustration and now she's in a world now that she can finally let it out and like it makes sense for her to be stronger and tougher and not take any shit. So that's something that I thought was pretty good that a lot of the characters had a nice story arc in this. Um I I do agree the zombie baby was a bit much. I get I guess maybe James Gunn was a fan of Dead Alive and maybe wanted to show some homage to it. I don't I don't know. That's the only thing I could guess. Um and yes, he did give us Guardians. You're you're right. And Guardians is fucking fantastic. I love Tromeo and Juliet. And Terra Farmer is actually my, my favorite Troma movie that, that James Gunn was involved with. So, you know, I give props to... I mean, granted, he what, fucking went from Scooby-Doo to this. And then now, look, he's running... Look, he, he, he took a fucking group of, like, um, obscure comic book characters and their fucking household names now. Like, there isn't a kid in this country or around the world that doesn't know I am Groot because of fucking James Gunn. And I see Rob rolling his eyes. I know. I know. Rob, you know I love you. I love the Marvel. I know. I know. I know you're there the DC. I know. But, I mean, all bullshit aside, I think this was just the perfect storm of, of Zack Snyder and James Gunn coming together. Marvel. Right. But I think this was a perfect storm of Zack Snyder and James Gunn coming together and just creating something special that it's its own movie. Yes, you know what? 
it's it's not the original, but the original still exists. You can always go back and watch the original, and this is its own thing that people can still like too. I think so. It's definitely up there with the better like remakes. I don't even. It's it's yeah. It's kind of like it's it's up there with the thing and the fly. I, I I would put it up that high. It's it's definitely a very well done movie overall. Sure. Granted, it does lose some steam towards like the third act. I I I give you that. And Mackay Pfeiffer, fresh off of um. Eight Mile at that point, I think, when they started filming. So, of course, like, it was kind of a given he was going to be in this at, at that point. But even then, you know, all all that aside, I, I don't hate this movie. I watched it again the other night, and I was like, damn, this is a really good fucking movie. Good time. So, it's very, it's very well done. It's, it's, I mean, yes, it is an action movie. I got you, but I I will defend this movie. It's one of the few Zack Snyder movies I'll, I'll defend. I guess I have to go to Rob now. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> unleash the beast on us. Uh, uh, I, I just wanted to point out that uh, while James Gunn is credited on the script, uh, it was rewritten by Zach himself. Then uh, Wesley Strick also did a rewrite uh, pass on it as well. So uh, I'm thinking that uh, I know James Gunn has a fucked up imagination, but uh, the zombie baby seems so Zach because Zach likes fucked up shit. Uh, you know, and that I remember I, I, I watched this uh, when it came out. I watched this with my dad and uh, the zombie babies when he tuned out. He was like, was that really necessary? And he walked out no. the room because. Uh, um, but like, yeah, if 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 you know Zach, Zach, like his, the name of his original production company was Crew and Unusual Films. So, you know, you, you know what you're getting when, uh, you know, a guy like names his company <laughs> that, you know, but uh, yeah. Let me retort that uh, Zack Snyder thing. Do I think he's a visionary filmmaker? <laughs> I was I was waiting for it. Um, I don't think he's a visionary. Like I think he's brilliant with, with his visuals. Um, that he he kind of you know has issues with subtlety. Uh, he lacks it in certain parts. Like you know, but I, I think he's an incredible visual filmmaker. And um, do I think his movies are the greatest in the world? No, but I enjoy his stuff. You know. I'm not one of those Snyder Cut people that, uh, you know, oh, you don't understand, you know, and it's like, like, yeah, you understand, but uh, if if you don't like his stuff, that's fine. Uh, I just I just think he gets unnecessary hate just because you know people don't like his stuff. You know, it is what it is. But um, regarding this film, it's uh, yeah, I think it 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 takes elements from the original and just you know goes further with them. Mackay Pfeiffer, yeah, he was wasted, but uh, what Mackay Pfeiffer's character lacked, I believe Ving Rhames uh, made up for it. Ving Rhames was the the premier badass. And uh, CJ, too. CJ, I love CJ uh, as well. Um, also, uh, can't forget the, the good of this movie, uh, Andy. Uh, my main man, Andy, from The Gun Shop. The... I love a Andy. Lovable character. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Andy was dope. Yeah, it sucks when we finally meet Andy. You know what I'm saying? They have to blow his fucking head off. You know, that's uh. Irving Rames, man, he's had it tough. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it, it's it's funny too that uh, when Candy mentioned how um, Ving Rames really wanted the role real bad because he also really wanted the role of Ben in the Nightmare, um, the, the Night of the Living Dead remake. Uh, he really wanted to play uh, Ben, and of course, that went to Tony Todd, who did an incredible job. But I think Ving was, Tony Todd could have done it. Yeah, but I think Ving uh, uh, was probably better suited to this role. 
You know, he Great. plays a bad he plays a badass so well. Oh, like uh, his character. Yeah, he does. Such a fucking badass. You know, uh, um, he's so great and shit. Especially when he's got the do rag on uh, at the end and shit. And he's all, uh, you know, the he's got his the uh, was that um his like weapons gear. Mac, you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Like, you know, he got his. What are we talking about here? Bandolero. Yeah, like he's got like all his like um tactical gear. That's what I'm looking for. He got his tactical gear on. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I got it. (laughs) And you know he's wielding that fucking shotgun like a boss. You know what I'm saying? The I I love him as well. I love all the characters in this movie. Well, um the 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 two uh, teenage lovebirds kind of get on my nerves. I have some Uh, points to make about that. I better put my hand up. Yeah, the the two teenage lovebirds are like, oh god, and the fucking dog. Um, <laughs> they they get on my fucking nerves. But um, thank you. No, no. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I will put it that high as far as remakes go, like with the fly or the thing. But um, like, because those are like top five remakes ever. The the reason I shook my hand and Nico was when he mentioned Scarface, you know, because Scarface, like, yeah, but like, if you watch the original Scarface, you realize that the uh, the Palma Scarface is almost like a, a straight up like shot for shot remake of that movie, just with a lot of fucks in it and cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but uh. No, I think this is a damn fine remake. This is one of the better remakes, like it's up there with uh, the new age of remakes, because you know this came out at the time where they were fucking remaking everything. Um, a lot of it was done well at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw, and then like uh, there was this, and like uh, Nico mentioned, Prom Night, which sucked. Um, <laughs> you know, everything was being remade. Halloween. Oh God, let's not mention no. that one again. Never. This, this this is up there with uh I think Texas Chainsaw as the the better of the the new age of remakes you know yeah but uh like yeah like and and uh, to go back to what you were saying about the running zombies um I don't mind them you know I I think I, I think that's like you know that that Not that in this is kind film. of that, that that's kind of that is kind of scary you know the 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 running zombies you know they're mindless the things the I heard some slander on 28 Days Later, and uh. Yeah, I'll own it. Yeah, it, it, it's all good. Uh, I like that movie. I I think I prefer 28 Weeks Later, uh, over 28 Days Later. I really I like. I prefer Jeremy Renner, I guess. Yeah, Jeremy Renner I, is the. Jer- I love Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner is the one that made uh 28 Weeks Later work, and uh Rose Byrne in there. The they they were great, but uh yeah, I I really I really really dig this one, um. Uh, yeah, and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max, March 18th. Uh, tune in. Check it out. Cheap, cheap plug for a shitty movie. What are you getting <laughs> fucking residuals on this My God. God. <laughs> The Snyder Cut is coming. It is coming. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and now Jerry Leto looks like the fucking crow. Um, at, least he got Joker. The, at least he got the damage tattoo off his fucking forehead. I don't like to talk about it. Took them long enough. It's better. (laughs) I can't. I can't do that. Um, Dave. Okay. Well, first, I just want to. I think you all know that the original Dawn of the Dead is the church at which I at which I worship. That that is my temple. 
And so, yeah, when I heard they were remaking this, you know, and I, and obviously nobody knew who Zack Snyder was at the time, but uh, so I could go on, like we could just, I could just talk for an hour about this, but I, I don't want to uh, monopolize. But the two points I wanted to make was, uh, and the complaint is valid that this movie lacked the biting social commentary that Romero brought to, well, to most, all of his films, but Dawn of the Dead particularly. But I, I'm actually, I was actually relieved that they didn't try to emulate that because I don't think anyone, it would have come up short no matter what. They would have come up short no matter what. Romero no was the master. Romero, but Romero. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. So if you take that away from the premise of the movie, you've got people trapped in a wall with, you know, zombies trying to eat them. And I think that uh, this movie does that. Um, it, 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 running zombies versus walking zombies, I've never really quite understood that distinction. I mean, let's face it, they're both fictional things. It's a horror nerd debate. They're, but I mean, they're both terrifying in their own way. I, I don't know that you have to choose one over the other. I mean, they're fucking corpses. Purists. Um, but uh, the other, only other point I wanted to make uh, was about Mackay Pfeiffer. I disagree. I think his performance was fine. This is an ensemble piece, so obviously he's not going to get all, all the screen time. But his his scene at the end when he is obviously, you know, flipped his fucking, you know, circuit breaker and he's, uh, you know, his wife is fucking, his zombie wife is dead and his zombie baby. And he's like, you want to kill my family? We're like, yeah, we kind of do. He's, I, much, I think, that was, I think yeah. that's a great per- that's a great performance by him. He's 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 embodies both the, the he like you you can tell that half of him knows it's over, and the other half is just clinging to the hope that he can save it. Because the whole point of his character through the movie is protecting his wife. That's what he does through the entire film. She gets a little scratch on his on her wrist, and he's like, "Oh, honey, you know he he, he dotes on her, you know." And, and you get a little bit of his backstory. He was a uh, you know a, a, a not such a great guy apparently previously. He talked about I've done some bad shit in his little confession scene in the bathroom with um, Ving. So I think that scene, that final scene of his is sort of so, it's so tragic. He spent his, the entire movie trying to protect her. He can't, it snaps him and he's holding his dead child. And he knows, you know, part of him knows it's not, you know, going to work out. And he winds up, you know, it, I, I thought that scene was great. I think that's, that scene has so much gravitas and so sad. I thought his performance was great in that. I mean, yeah, he deserves more screen time, but this is, there's so many characters in this movie. And like I said, yeah. I could go on forever, and I feel like I have, but I will yield the floor on that point. <laughs> okay. Um, good point. Uh, Matt. So, my buddy Sean, I'm going to come at you with a perspective of someone who's, like, chilling in the shallow waters of horror. You know what I mean? You guys are all in the deep end. Dawn of the Dead, the original, I probably watched around Halloween time when I was a younger, a younger lad, a child. But uh, this uh, this uh, remake, you did bring up an interesting point because as I was rewatching it, it does play video game ish. Like when I watch it, I get Left for Dead vibes. I get, yes. get like Resident Evil vibes, especially that scene when they first come into the mall. They split off. Why are you gonna open the door with crazy sounds? Video game, you open the door with crazy sounds. The zombie pops out, bites the uh, Makai's girlfriend friend's arm one pop out like you know it does play video game-ish but i also think that's why i might have enjoyed it a lot because i'm a video gamer so it was exciting to see maybe a live action adaptation of like a left for dead video game where there's some things that could be like done better but all in all it was a fun movie so like that's why i probably enjoyed it more and it stuck with me more and then i think candy you brought up the point that 
Vin Rames can't uh, campaign for this role because he wanted, you know, the black guy lived at the end. But, you know, that's kind of why I feel like maybe they had Makai Fife because they still killed the black man. You know what I mean? Not saying <laughs> one still went down. Even though one lived, we still took out one. So, you know, yay. But other than that, like, I won't rate it like a 10. But if I was giving it an honest rate, since I had a good time and I'll come back to it, definitely like a seven, seven and a half. You're too early with you too early with the ratings, bro. I know, but I'll change. And, and it may change, Dude, hopefully, but we'll we'll see. On, we'll work on, on him. We'll yeah, on they, you know they had to meet their quota. They had to they had to kill a black guy in there. You know they had to meet their quota. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know one got away. And and a dumb bitch. Still gave y'all one. A dumb white girl also went down. If if we could be fair, <laughs> dumb white girls are also fodder. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to take over for just a sec. Uh, we spoke about uh, one of my other sticking points uh, where I I have to not like this is our, our young lovebirds. The, the character of Nicole is the most useless person ever. Okay, like, okay, I'm sad for her when we first meet her because of everything with her father. Now, I, got, I had a moment... And it wasn't until years later where I was like, why do I know this fucking face, her father's face? Because um, he's the one that got bit and they got to shoot him. And it's a really dramatic moment. She's crying. You feel for her. But I'm like, why do I know his face? He was Trash Can Man in the original The Stand series. And I was like, bump-de-bump, it's him. Okay, uh, that's Stephen King nerd stuff. But, okay, so Nicole. Now, remember you when we have our little montage scenes where they're, like, shearing up and building up on the shuttles and everything, and all this bitch does is spray paint. Okay, everybody's working hard, and and putting up the grading <laughs> and building all these like things, and and putting the fucking thing on the front, the little scoop, and she's spray painting it. I'm like, well, thanks for helping, Nicole. You're a real fucking help. I'm glad we had this paint that is gonna get smashed with zombies. But thanks so much. Uh, she's artistic. Now, I'm kind of, like, torn on the dog thing. Now, this is something that I happened to read yesterday um, because I've always hated it. Like, what the fuck about this dog? They're like, well, she's lost everything. They make a big point about that. I Clearly, I don't like this character. If you can't tell, um, she's useless. But uh, she really is. And then, you know, but... She, you know, they send the dog over. She's against it. And we've got her little boyfriend, Terry, like, oh, honey, no, it's okay. Um, but they send the dog over with food for Andy. And then she's all like, I got to get the dog. And I'm like, are you stupid? I'd be like, man, that's too bad. But then again, I was like, what if that was my cat? Because a lot of uh, celebrities came out. Like, I think Christina Aguilera was one of them said, oh, I absolutely would go after my dog. And I'm like, you know what? If that was my cat, I'd be like, oh, shit, I got to go get beans. Uh, that's my baby. I have to go get him. So I, I have to give her that one. It annoyed me for probably over a decade. But I'm like, I'm now at the point where I'm like, I'd go after my cat. I would. This house is burning down. That's and a stupid. People are out. But I'd have a cat under each arm, like, running. That's the stupidest so, thing I've ever heard. It's stupid that I would go get the beans. <laughs> you would let beans die. And you I'm going back for my animal. And you know what? If if all those zombies were out there and you were like, I gotta go get my cat, I'd be like, have fun. 
You would not. You are full of <laughs> shit. You love those cats more than you love your own life. Okay, so I don't want to hear it. No. But okay, that, I'm just giving her begrudging credit for that. But I mean, honestly, <laughs> can we all agree that she's useless? She's a useless character. Yeah, 100. Okay, because yeah, I, I she oh, is, is she so yeah. useless that that is a real annoying point for me in the film. Like, could we have done without this? Yes. Did we need the storyline? No. Um, maybe if they'd made her useful in some sort of way, I probably would have liked her because at least all the other characters, including Steve, who we everyone can agree that we fucking hate this guy, he has a boat, so he has a purpose and a function. Um, Nicole has none. She has no purpose. She has no function. And um, yeah, so I, I had to I had to sound off on that. So uh, uh, Nico. Or oh, I think Dave person? was next. Dave? Okay, I can't keep track. Oh, uh, was it? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I you can't. Go, you can be my, my, my person who helps me keep in track. I have so many. Because I, I knew, I knew, I figured Terry and, um, I, actually, I can't remember. What was his love interest name? I can't even remember. Uh, Nicole. Nicole. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Nicole was, was the most useless character. Okay, but the, uh, touch on the dog first. The dog was a plot point to get them to go over to the gun shop. That, that's what that's the only point it served. And although I had read earlier that um, they had originally wanted like the dog to get attacked and chased by some zombie dogs, but they couldn't figure out how to do it correctly or within the budget. But I don't know. I don't. But I don't know if that. I don't know if that would have helped, right? I don't think that would have helped. But Terry, Terry is the conscience. He first he's a security guard, and he's the one who's saying, "Wait a minute, they're fucking people." You know, when uh, CJ's got the guy, hey, not my problem. You want to go down to the what does he say? Holiday Inn Shack. He calls him Shack, which is. You know, pretty awful. He calls Ving Rhames Shaq. Um, yeah, crazy. He's the conscience of that group. And then when when the uh, good guys take over from the security guards, he becomes sort of the conscience of their group. You know, when she goes over to get the, the dog, he's going to go with or without them because he's got a hard on for her. I think Clearly. I think that's he, I think yeah. he draw, I think he's sort of like because they're young and innocent and still, you know, they're not. So I think he serves a purpose. She doesn't serve so much of a purpose except painting the fangs on the, you know, snowplow, whatever. Uh, but I think the blonde, the uh, the 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 uh, pretty blonde, yeah, she was more yeah, useless. Monica. Except she caught. Oh, no, she was useless. Was, yeah, she, was, she, was, she had an excellent death though. Yeah, her death yeah. scene was worth well, it. Yeah, but she um, wasn't so, useless to us. She wasn't useless to Steve. I mean, Steve has Steve made We use some gratuitous. Uh, <laughs> Recorded sex. Right. Them, watching that, watching that with my seven-year-old daughter. I'm like, Zoe, look away, look away, look. Yeah. yeah they're telling you know. secrets, as I was saying. <laughs> they're, telling... The they're telling secrets. So, so that's my defense of uh, Terry and um, what was her name again? Nicole. <laughs> Nicole. I, I only remember because yeah, like you see I how memorable she was. Previous right. conversation, uh, we were talking about our middle names. That's my middle name is Nicole. Oh, and then her, her father, uh, you know, her father played uh, played by uh, Matt Frewer, her father Frank, who is by the way, does anyone remember Max Headroom? He was Max fucking. Yes, Headroom. he was. I do. That too. Yeah, I do. I brought up and, the trash can man. And he was Moloch in Watchmen. So he, yep. you know, I, I think that uh, I, I've always loved him. Um, he has a great death. His his death scene is 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 tragic and uh, and full of gravitas. I loved it. And again, okay, I, I, again, I yield the floor. I could go on all day. I'll yield the floor. All right. So I'll I'll just go real quick. I just want to say that probably one of my one of my favorite scenes in because this is a pretty like dark and kind of a bleak movie overall. 
even yeah. though it's got a lot of action. But I think one of my favorite scenes, it's a lot lighter. There's two, was how um, Kenneth and Andy communicate daily on the roof. Yeah. When they, when they, when they play chess. Yeah. And how, like, and they maintain the a friendship even during, like, the apocalypse. It's kind of cool. And that was my next one, was when they're shooting the celebrities, when they're like, oh, shoot Burt Reynolds. Um, <laughs> go for Rosie O'Donnell, you know. She's too easy. But that was kind of cool. Where like even like you know from, from right and but even from like that distance that they were, they were able to maintain a front. And then I guess this is when we figure out that it was a month, that everything was that they were in the mall. I think at that point, right? Is that when we figure it out? Yeah, seems right. I think so. Yeah, surprisingly enough, another reference to Twenty Eight Days Later. The the timeline in this is at, at exactly twenty nine days from the beginning of the film to when they get to the island. Okay. Um, Rob? Yeah, uh, I also wanted to point out, uh, Sean mentioned the gore earlier, that the, the gore is really well done. The gore was actually done by uh, uh, David Leroy Anderson, who is the husband of Heather Langenkamp. And yes. She she helped out, to because they run the company together. And uh, she helped out on uh, the the graphic. So I thought that was cool that uh, Heather Langenkamp, even though um, she does she doesn't really act anymore per se, but she still maintains her horror. She's you know, also a producer. Yeah, the, you know she she still you know she still you know helping making horror movies you know, but and helping producing uh, amazing gore. I just found out that she she also uh, helped on. Uh, with her husband on a cabin in the woods, the the gore effects on that, uh, especially the the merman scene. Oh, really? Yeah, the mer they they did. She was she was uh, helping him with the blood effects on the merman scene, that uh, which is a great scene by the way in that movie. Uh, fuck Joss yeah. Whedon by the yes. way. <laughs> um, um, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I, the, I thought that uh, I just wanted to point that out. Like, uh, I really love the gore. And uh, I know Sean does too. And uh, the, that's one thing it has up on. Uh, unfortunately, that the it's unfair comparison because uh, the original was done on a really low budget, and uh, you just had Savini there, uh, you know, with Tasso, and uh, you know, doing the, the makeup effects, and all they had was gray paint and uh, melted crayon. You know? He made that shit work. He did. Yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. But I really do like like the, the the gory stuff, you know. Saying and yeah, that that blonde chick had a had a great death. Um, yeah. I remember I, I I wanted to bring this up because Mac, you uh, you weren't there because I don't think you were living in New York at the time. I think this was when you was in PA. But uh, a bunch of the homies came down. Uh, Preem, Daryl, and Randy came over to my crib to watch this, and uh, we we was all sitting in there. We was all smoking, watching this shit, and uh, they they had a. A grand old time and shit, but uh, when uh, it cuts to uh, uh Ty Burrell uh, clapping uh, Blanchick's cheeks, um, they were like, <laughs> uh, they were like, they was like, oh, who's getting buns in the movie? Like, oh, and it was like, yeah, yeah we got clapping. That, that's one. That's another thing that has over the original. We got uh, cheek clapping in here. So uh, clapping, got some clapping. Yeah, the the cheeks were clapping. telling secrets and the boobies were telling bouncing. secrets. Clapping. I've learned a new slang term. Thank you. I have to write that down. Hang on. Yeah. Did you ever look up fuckboy? Clapping them cheeks. Clapping them cheeks. Clapping them cheeks. Uh, so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I think um if if I do have a complaint, there's probably too many characters. Like you said that the the teenage lovebirds uh uh daughter of Max Headroom. Um also he also he also played uh he also played Job in uh, Lawnmower Man 2. Um for you for you for you Stephen Let's King nerds out there. That the better. Hey, yo, uh, can I tell you that uh, I, I really loved that movie when I was a kid? I really loved Lawnmower Man 2. Because I was into all that cyberspace virtual reality one? shit. Yeah. Oh, Johnny yeah. Mnemonic type shit? Yeah. yeah, all that yeah. Sh- it literally just yeah. took the title from a Stephen King story and did its own thing, and it was bad. Yeah. I can't talk about that. I, 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 you know, but I was all into that shit. Like, you know, that uh, VR5, the TV show, Johnny Mnemonic, the reboot, the TV show. Uh, I love that, 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 that cartoon. Um, I was able to, so I really loved, uh, so I, I mean, oh, on ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, so I was like, but yeah, like, there, there were a bit too many useless characters in here, like, one too many. And it's just like, you could have left a few of these motherfuckers off and, this movie would have still worked. We didn't need all these yeah. motherfuckers in the movie, but uh, well, I, mean, I think no question. I, I, th- I think that that that's part of what what my problem with this film is is that you have so many great actors, right? And you have so many like characters that I just I don't have any feeling for any of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 you've just you've just shoved like all of these characters in, into my face and like. I don't really care about any of them. There's not enough enough depth to them that right. I to for me to care about. Right. It's it's obviously a lot of them were there for fodder, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was gonna yeah. say that. I think yeah. but I think the characters that matter, the ones that we're supposed to care about, we do care about. They do a good yeah. job with that. Did, did we did we mention Sarah Polly, how great Sarah Polly is? No, we haven't yet. Sarah Polly and, and, and you know, Sarah Polly is never gets to do movies like these. So it's great to see her and like you know kind of like you know tough heroine you know in a, especially in that that great scene I mean she's not entirely helpless you know what I'm saying she's you know she fights back and stuff even from the beginning um that's another Zack Snyder staple was uh the shot where she's overlooking the street and it goes from the the camera pans from right to left as is following her point of view from the back of her head you'll you'll see that shot a lot in Zack Snyder's movies. It's in uh, Man of Steel as well and Batman v Superman. Specifically in Batman v Superman where Batman is overlooking uh, Wonder Woman and Superman fighting Doomsday at the end. You see that that pan. So he really likes that shot. And uh, I think it's probably perfectly done in this one because, you know, it perfectly yeah. captures the chaos of that moment. You know, the fucking zombies are taking over. It's a wonderful moment. It's really well done. Yeah, yeah, it it perfectly captures, like, you know, the mist of a zombie apocalypse happening. You know, you just see, like, this whole, you know, nice neighborhood descend into fucking chaos, you know, in the blink of an eye. You know, you wake up in the morning and there's this fucking zombie girl in your bedroom and she eats your husband's neck, you know, and then you go outside and everybody... Bro, how did she fucking... I hate that. Like, you know, and you just go out and everybody's getting their fucking necks eaten and and it's just it's just crazy and stuff. But getting hit by ambulances on fire. (laughs) I I think and you know, it's uh, unfortunately like we said, it's it's an unfair comparison because Romero didn't have the budget to really convey a zombie apocalypse. But And that's not Romero's style. Right. I, I think uh the the best um 
version of a zombie apocalypse was done in this movie. Like, especially at the end where they're trying to leave the mall and going through the, 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 the parking lot. And it's just completely filled with zombies and the zombies are fucking shaking the vans and all that stuff. And it's just like wall to wall zombies. Everywhere. There's a, there's a, there's a nice, there's a great shot too. Like when they get to the boat, because you know, uh, their plan is to get to the boat to leave, you know, saying to find an Island. And, uh, unfortunately CJ has to, uh, sacrifice himself, you know, to blow them up, you know, because he's surrounded. Nice character arc. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, CJ, he starts off as an asshole and he ends up as one of the best characters in the fucking movie. That's great. That's why I wanted that 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 quote because CJ probably is the best character in the movie. Uh, like that part where it fucking figures. He's like, "You're all gonna get me fucking killed," and then he's like, "Yeah, fucking figures." I love, I love when he's like, oh, we're going to fucking do this and this and that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Okay, I'm in. You know, it shows that he's a crazy motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? You just love <laughs> CJ. You, you just love CJ. You know, but uh, there, there's a subtle shot after he blows up. You can see the fucking zombies, like, like r- still coming in by the horde. You know what I'm saying? Like, just running in and running in and running after the van has blown up. And it's just like, it's just, I, I, uh, I mean, like. There's there's a wonderful shot in Day of the Dead in like the beginning where they're in uh when they're looking for survivors and you see all the zombies litter through the street. But uh, I think I, I think Snyder took like a scene like that and just went farther with it by just having like just thousands of fucking zombies and it perfectly conveys the look of a zombie apocalypse. Like uh you know, I mean I know you guys all Walking Dead fans, I never really cared for the show, especially after uh, the- I'm not. Uh, especially- <laughs> I mean I fell off. Especially after they fire Frank Darabont, how the fuck you fire Frank Darabont? The guy made the Shawshank yep. Redemption. That show could go fuck itself. Um, yeah. But uh, like, yeah, I, I think that's that's one of the things I love about this movie, how it, it perfectly portrays a zombie apocalypse. You know, it's just like uh, World War Z kind of overdid it with the fucking the, the pile of zombies, uh, and and it was a PG thirteen zombie movie. So fuck you. Um. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that shit. Um, okay. But uh. Yeah. But uh, I think that's one of the things I love is that it's a it's a perfect you know picture of what a zombie apocalypse would look like and it's the most terrifying fucking thing ever. Um, Mac. So uh, just two quick things. One, how go back to what Nico was saying. Um, these guys on the roof playing chess. How about the cover? I don't know who the band was, but they. Did Disturbed song and I thought it was so good. Richard uh, Cheese, sickness, I believe it is. Oh, Richard it's so Cheese. Good. Richard Wasn't Cheese. Wasn't that amazing? So oh god, yeah. it was like so perfectly good. captured. Oh that. shit. Points for that. Yeah. And then um, secondly, so well, I think a problem I had is when the truck comes in, they're like, "Yo, we got more people in the back," and they're wheeling out this big bitch. Not trying to fat shame no one, just saying. And she was already looking like death. Like, and I feel like, what, what uh, are we she doing? Why are we even her bringing her no, in here? No, she no. Looked, you stay in the truck. Sorry, like you look like death already, bro. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that was. And uh, and can I just can I just make a comment about that? Because I was gonna bring this up. So if you remember from the original Dawn of the Dead, the scene with Roger when he dies. And he raises up with that, you know, the the sheet over his head. He had nightmares about that, that for is, like years. That is such a creepy but heartbreaking moment, right? Yeah. Because Roger was such a great character. 
And yeah. I feel like they took that scene and they they tried to redo it with with this. And they wheel this chick in and they put her on the bed and she dies. So they cover her face with the sheet. And then they do try to do the whole dramatic where she like raises up and then she gets up and she starts fucking, you know, she's running towards him and flapping all over the place. And I'm like, I laughed. Like I didn't, there wasn't any horror. There wasn't any. It, like, was, it was rather annoying. I'll give you that. It, yeah, it didn't it have just, the impact because we had Roger, we had come to know and love. Right. You know, and so you have to have that emotional impact um, and you have to build up to that. It doesn't just automatically happen. It's not magic, you know. And on that, I'm just going to see my points. Uh, Matt talked a little bit about the soundtrack. I really love the use of music in this, and I am such a music fanatic. Um, Zack Snyder was responsible for, like, the vast majority of this um, soundtrack, and it was really well done. Like, we start off and we've got When the Man uh, Comes to Town, Johnny Cash, and over, you know, it's, you know, overlaid upon, like, all the stock footage of, like, catastrophes and, and strange imagery and it is a great opener and then we have that richard cheese version of the disturbed song that i i hate disturbed so fucking much i wish they were dead uh they're the nickelback of <laughs> if you want to call it metal uh i i think that they're like pussy is what they are but anyway um but the richard cheese version especially at that moment because they're all kind of like chilling it sort of reminds me of the moment in the original dawn of the dead when they're, you know, France trying on the clothes, and we've got Peter. Montage. And, yeah, Peter, and we've got uh, Flyboy. I always call him Flyboy. Um, you know, doing the bank robbery, and, you know, there's kind of like that little montage, you know, like we're having a little bit of fun because we can relax for a minute moment. So it captured that. In, and this song, um, the actual Disturbed song, is used, and to the only effect that I've ever liked the song at the end of the film, um, after and and then that's after we have a super duper classic from Jim Carroll, uh, "People Who Died," and that's great because mm-hmm. we still have our bleak ass fucking ending here. So after everything happens and they make it to the the fucking islands, guess what? They die. Yeah. There's no question about it. They fucking die. And um, I love that that happens throughout the credits. But yeah, hearing that people who died, that's like a that's like a deep cut. And I really love that song. That's um, a great song. It's an amazing song. When I was promoing this episode, I used that song. Mm. And then when I did another promo, I had to use the Disturbed song. So you'll have to forgive me. Um, <laughs> but it, it is the only time that that song applies to anything. And it's any whatsoever relevant in music. Uh, but yeah, other, otherwise, I mean, I think that Snyder, I like that because a lot of people didn't like him pushing around and saying, I want to do the soundtrack, but he did a great fucking job. This is amazing soundtrack and it was so well used. And I, I really appreciate that in a film. So, you know, there's more points awarded for that. Um, Dave. So many points to make. Uh, okay. So first off, I wanted to say about the disturbance on like when I first uh, saw this movie, I thought, well, that's a really great song. I'm going to dig into these guys' back catalog. And after like three more songs, you're like, okay, that's enough of that. It's all exactly the same. (laughs) It's not as good as that original song, right? (laughs) That's exactly where I'm like, okay, that's fine. 
But that, uh, you know, th there were a lot of characters in this movie, and obviously, uh, much of many of them were just fodder. You knew, and you, but you know that right off because he gives the big three, you know, Ving, Sarah Polly, and um, Jake Weber. He gives them their little soliloquies. Well, she gets her opening. She gets the opening, so you know her backstory and her pain. Uh, Ving gets to say his little speech about. Well, first of all, you know he's looking for his brother at Fort Pastor, which on the TV, if you watch the TV, you know is already fucked. So his brother's, you know, done, and he's his little, little speech. Cameo from Scott Reininger. Right exactly, there. and Roger. and top, and and right, which is a great scene because yeah, you you see them bringing people off the, the the truck who have like bite wounds, so you know they're done. So he gets, and he also gives his little speech about folding a lot of flags, giving them to a lot of mothers and widows. So he gives his speech. And then Jake Weber gets his little speech at the dinner table about, she says, you know, what were you best at? What were you? And he says, I think I was best at being a dad. And his voice breaks a little bit because he's thinking about his kids. So they get their moment, you know, a little bit of tiny backstory. But I wanted to say, because uh, as much of a fan of I, as I am of this movie, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of things I think are terrible about this movie. <laughs> and and one of them is um, and, and and I love I don't want to you know I love CJ's character he gets some of the best lines in this movie, but his transition from villain to you know uh, antihero is so jarring like and I guess because it's connected by that montage of them putting the buses together but he he, he goes from literally being locked up in that cell because he's such a douche. They can't Reading trust bridal them. magazines. <laughs> right, trust, which is a great one. And I think that that scene is intended to give you a little bit of uh, believability that he can become a better person. Right, he learned from the magazine. But it was it's so jarring. And then he's instantly, you know, okay, let's go. But that's fine. I, I, I love his character, and he dies heroically and tragically. But if if you any of you guys watch the on the DVD, these um, additional features, they had sort of a – it was um, – Andy's Lost Tapes, Andy from the Gun Store. That is so fucking bad. It was so <laughs> yeah. awful. I mean, I'm watching yeah, something. It's really bad. It was so bad, and I just wanted to, I, I didn't want to just Unnecessary. only. <laughs> I, I didn't want to only gush on this movie. Um, I wanted to try to bring up in, you know, in the, scent, in the uh, interest of honesty that not everything about it is perfect. That's fair. Um, and and that, that particular, I'm watching that. I was all excited about, oh, good, to get to see some Andy's backstory. And I'm watching this like, why am I wasting, you know, 20 minutes of my fucking life watching this? So there, I, I'm, I'm trying to be honest. No, no, we should be honest. I want us to be honest. You know, that's that's what we're all about. And if I can jump in for a second, I talked about, I saw this opening weekend with my friends. And uh, there was a, a part in the film, and it does have to do with Andy. And it really, like, affected me. It was done well, and I couldn't even describe to you why. But it has to do with Andy, you know. We, so we've got this friendship between Ving Rhames, who's who knows his brother's dead now, and he's he's kind of standoffish, you know. But he he befriends Andy, and they're talking through these boards, you know. They're playing chess. They're sh you know they're having a shoot, you know, sharpshoot people, and you know they're you know Ving is you know his Kenneth his character is very worried about him because he's like, well, he's hungry. Let's get him some food. There's a way we can do this, and um. You know, and then that moment, you know, where he is up on the roof and they're like worried about him because of, you know, they sent the dog and that didn't maybe go so well. And, you know, and, you know, Kenneth gets to hear Andy's voice for the first time. He's like, brother, we're going to take care of you. It's OK. Like, because he really cares about this dude. 
And um, and then you see him, Andy go, and he's writing something on the board, and he holds it up, and it's just blood. I, like my heart dropped, and it's really, it really had an effect on me, especially in the theater. Like, I mean, I just felt my heart in my stomach, and so that was done well to have that kind of effect on me, where I just felt like. <sighs> Oh God. I mean, and it's not like, I mean, some people might see it as cheesy, but maybe it's just my, what I bring to the table. Sometimes that's what we get out of it, but it really, it really sucks. And I, I, the Andy's lost tapes, we didn't need that. That was unnecessary. Um, it, it was perfectly fine. Just the way it was. We didn't need to know more. We just know that we came to like this character, even though we never had heard his voice and we came to care about him. And that moment he goes up there and he, He's writing the message, and it's just all blood. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Um, okay, uh, Rob. I just want to point out how Sean is sitting there looking at everybody talking like <laughs> he's like, Con- convince me th- that this movie's good. And he's just got We're that. We're not convincing face. him. He's not convinced at all. No. <laughs> I respect I've that. Not even, not even on the slightest. Stand your ground, Sean. Stand your ground. I've been trying to do this for over a decade. Like, we have literally, in our marriage, probably debated about this more than we've debated about anything, including things about the children. Is this fucking movie? I cannot change his mind. No. I, I mean, I just. Help me. He I, has honestly, to look like you're not gonna neither. <laughs> honestly, no, I, 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 I knew I would. <laughs> I kind of want to hear Nico talk some more shit about Zack Snyder because it takes the heat off me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can keep going about myself. how fucking awful his DC movies are, but I don't want to piss Rob off. <laughs> you already did. See, there he goes. Rolling his eyes. Too late. Yeah, it's and look at his face, you know it's, it's over. It's like the fucking family feud. Listen, here. No. listen, listen. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just get it out now. No, don't. Not, not don't. only is Batman v Superman one of the worst goddamn superhero movies ever made. One of the main reasons why it's so fucking bad is because they thought to just have the whole Martha connection in that fucking movie. That's that. I, I, I could, I could deal with fucking Jesse Eisenberg and his weird ticks as fucking like. Luther with his fucking curly hair, which bullshit about that. I can't even deal with the fact that Lex Luther creates fucking Doomsday, but Martha, why'd you say that name? Come Martha. on, man. You can't can't honestly tell me like that was like fucking like Oscar Wilde like fucking like screenplay right there, man. <laughs> can't, be, can't become best friends over same mom's names though. Like you're like you're like this is not fucking like like if Tarantino wrote a fucking superhero movie or something, where at least that would have been fucking good. I don't think so. Because uh, at least he's an accomplished <laughs> fucking writer. He's twice two, two-time Academy Award winner. Fucking dialogue. It, 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 he's it, it, the best dialogue writer I've ever, ever seen. I think Shane Black. Seriously, the only other one, the only other one that that's even closest to Tarantino with dialogue is fucking Kevin Smith. Shane Black. Nah, I, I'm with Nico on this on both on both points. Sorry, dude. Shane Black wrote *Lethal Weapon* and *The Last Boy Scout*. Your argument is invalid. I'm about to mic drop this. Mm-hmm. *Last Boy Scout* is bad, good. Oh my god, the, the the most quotable fucking movie in my life. It's I a boy that movie. movie. I, I I love listen, that movie so much. Th- this whole Bo Jackson. This whole like worship. <laughs> <laughs> this Football whole worship thing at the Something. altar of Zack Snyder, like he's the DC god. I'm gonna mic drop it now. The only good DC movies, whether you count this DC EU or DC in general, are the first two Superman movies, Tim Burton's Batman, fucking The Dark Knight, 
Wonder Woman, the first one, and Shazam. Maybe even Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. That's it. Notice who wasn't involved in any of those. I think. I did think he like Aquaman. No, he oh, did not. No, Aquaman was a fucking piece of Aquaman. shit, dude. No. Oh my god, dude, dude! I saw, I saw that, I saw that, and then I saw, I saw Bumblebee right after. I saw Bumblebee right after. Listen, let me tell you, the, the first, the first, the first fifteen minutes of Bumblebee smoked the entire fucking two and a half hour runtime of Aquaman. I, th- I think, I think Nico's trying to get back on me because of how much I hated Infinity War. <laughs> no, no, really. <laughs> no, I, yo, and, he and it, it, I give him heat for that, though. I give Rob heat for that shit because I thought that shit was great. Yo, Infinity War is the shit. If I mean, See, I'm a Marvel guy. I like Marvel just because of my own reasons, but I, I, I have to say, and uh, I'm just going to lay down the law a little bit here, I don't like superhero movies. I don't like that any of that stuff. And I'm glad we had this moment, but we have to talk about horror, or I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. She's still feeling the way about uh, me and Mac doing our Mighty Duck spiel. <laughs> Yo, if they just listen 15 minutes long, I couldn't. <laughs> After the first five minutes, I was listen, like, I'll, 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 myself really off over here. Minutes? I'm sorry. Listen, really? I'll end it with this. It was the only, minutes, the only reason the only reason why this even got brought up, obviously, is because both James Gunn and Zack Snyder are obviously involved and deeply I, with I both I the DC and the Marvel really Universe. On that. Right. And the only difference is, is that the screenwriter is the one that's more successful at doing the comic book movies and the director of this movie, and we'll end it with that. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> and I and I apologize. I opened up a can of worms and I You I did, up. man. I was just you I was did. just trying to deflect. But you know what? You know what though, to be fair, to to be to be fair though, I mean this is this is a debate that has gone on since this movie, since they're both involved with this movie, it kind of stems from the fact that like these two kind of came together to make this movie. And then the fact that they're both kind of in that universe now where let's let's be honest. Marvel and DC is big business now. You know that's no, that's. The, I mean, I don't, I don't, especially so Marvel now with with what they're doing with with everything else. But you know, it all it all kind of goes back to this, where you know these these two, especially James Gunn, the guy came from fucking trauma, and now he's directing fucking like multi-million dollar blockbusters now so like good, good for him, him. And, you know good even even him. the same for Zack Snyder like I mean he this was his first feature film and now look yes. he's he he finally got to be able to have you know his vision and I'm and I'm, and I'm happy for Rob and I'm gonna watch it too he's gonna have his four, four hour cut of Justice League coming on when is it when is it Rob so you get your residuals March 18th on you have HBO to take Max. me okay. to the chair and zip tie me and gag me but listen but listen, but listen, I know all, all bullshit aside, like, you gotta admit, it's kind of cool the fact that, like, these two cut their teeth in horror, got their start with horror, especially, like, again, James Gunn with, with fucking Uncle Lloyd Kaufman and, and Zack Snyder <laughs> with this, having like to tackle. Rat. Also, also. And we, then, and then having. We can't, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, we can't forget that uh, Zack Snyder also has Army of the Dead coming out on Netflix. Right, right. Which is basically right. uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven. It's almost a loose sequel. They're saying. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like Ocean's Eleven meets the Raid meets his Dawn of the Dead remake. Which is whose wind is blowing? What the fuck? You, you getting a piece of that too? Yeah, I hear that too. 
Yeah, the, the, it's gone now. but but all, all okay. bullshit aside though, Candy, like I mean I mean for Zack Snyder especially, this was his first movie to tackle a Romero yeah. classic. Like at least James Gunn was already doing some stuff that like, you know, whether it was shitty in Sean's words, Tromeo and Juliet and, and Terraform, which which I like both. But the fact that like this guy was handed the reins on a fucking classic off the rip and and, and he did a took the ball and fucking, fucking ran with it. He did it. a fucking great job. I but agree I mean with I mean that. all I all bullshit aside that that we you know we me and Rob have this fun rivalry where we talk shit about that. But I mean and I know a lot of the shows ultimately tend to kind of you know break into the Marvel DC thing because it's at this point like if these movies they have fucking everybody that have been in something that we watched that were horror movies. Like eventually I'm sure Robert England's going to be involved with something with like DC or Marvel, just, just for an example. I know Tony Todd is, you know, for, yeah. was he in the flash now or whatever, but you know, the fact that these two with, with this, with this particular movie, so it's all going to, it's all going to come back to this. They, they tackled the impossible and, and, and did a successful reimagining of a Romero classic. Uh, uh, yeah, Nico, Nico at the end, at the end of the Nico. day. Nico, Nico, uh, Candy's giving the wrap it up look. No, no, no that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I that's the fact that they, these, these gotta, guys came together to create, create their own their own classic, up, really, because people, I know a lot of people that actually prefer this version over Romero's, depending. I know the younger generation does. I don't. Oh, so also, a lot of the younger they're, generation they're, does. Yeah, I can speak for my kids. They do. Uh, except for my daughter, she she was uh, she's just more like me. But my, you know, the kids tend to prefer this version. It's a little bit more of the shorter attention span, uh, friendly video games, uh, man. Than the original. It's the MTV. The, it's the it is the MTV Dawn of the Dead. I'll, I'll give you that. It is. Yeah. Well, I, I will. I I can't disagree with Sean. But it works. It works it for works. the movie. It works. And that's important. And, and if I can just take back over for a sec. Um, Sure. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to steer it back a little bit. Um, you know, basically, this is one of the most. You know, I, I don't know much about like. Okay, if I can just talk about this for one quick second before we wrap that part up. Um, the superhero thing. It's not because I'm a girl. Because I read Marvel comics and 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 stuff uh, to hang with my brother. I just I'm not interested in it. And it seems like that's that's all the big pictures that's where all the fucking money in hollywood goes yeah. and i think it's incredibly boring the, the the writing's bad it's shallow it's just stupid we'd we we watch it to watch people fight i mean like watch anime or something it's shorter i don't know but okay Anime's so great. anyway it's not because i'm a girl i want to make that very clear because no, my no. girls like my girls like this shit be. No, my no, girls, candy. no, my girls like this shit. I don't. And it, and I, I, it's just because of me as a person, not as a woman, it, because I don't like the superhero shit. Okay, that's so that. I'll just put the no, period. No, that's not for everybody. No, 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 Candy, Candy, Um, I'm going to agree with you a little bit there. Um, honestly, I'm tired of fucking superhero movies. I, I right? I'm wait, I'm waiting for the bubble to pop so we we don't have any more because there's too fucking many and I just don't care anymore. And that's really where don't. all the money's going. And so yeah. like we got a whole bunch of indie productions. Yeah. And that's like, where I'm steered towards with newer films because I'm sick of this stupid bullshit. Like the writing is so goddamn awful. The dialogue is so oh my god, cringe. I, I I I said Shazam would be the last one uh, I watch in theaters or I give a shit about, and I'm gonna stick to that. Uh, well, 
Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO well, Max. Well, also by, by default, you kind of have to because <laughs> the, the theaters are kind of fucked right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no choice. But uh, yeah, um, I, I really don't give a shit about superhero movies anymore. I haven't for a while. I'm just like, I'm over this shit. Uh, I, I'd rather read the fucking comic books at this point. I don't give a fuck about the movies anymore. I really don't. Um, I'm just over it. I'm just over all of it. But um, steering back to Dawn of the Dead. Um, yeah, uh, the making of this was kind of hampered too because uh, uh, with the the release of uh, Uva Bowl's god awful uh, House of the Dead, the, 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 the budget for this was slashed in half because that movie did so badly and it was so fucking terrible. They slashed up. They he had a pretty. Nice, but not big budget, but he had a nice budget, and they slashed it in half because of well, that fucking did terrible. What's this gonna do? So he, Snyder had his challenges, you know, but uh, he 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 overcame. Like you know, he he, uh, he started in uh, music videos. Uh, he did a lot of music videos. He also did uh, Michael Jordan's uh, uh, video. Back in the day, so I mean, he knew how to work in the confines of a low budget, and uh, he really made it fucking work. You know, it's um, I know it's 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 it borders the line between action and horror at times, especially that climax, which is a full on action climax. But uh, yeah, I fucking I, I fucking dig it. I did, he did a great. I think he did a great job. You know, what I'm saying regardless of uh, how much fucking hate he gets, you know, which I think is unnecessary. But you know, it is it is what it is. You know, what I'm saying like I, I'm I'm. Of course, you know, I'm not saying here like everybody has to like his shit. You know, and I'm no nobody has to like anything, you know what I'm saying? Uh but I, I think it's you know, he gets shitted on unnecessarily, you know. Like the the man didn't come out and say, like, you know, I'm a god filmmaker. I think people go a little too far with that shit. Like, you know, like I think I think he's better than what a lot of people say he is, but you know, he's not as bad as a lot of people say he is either. You know what I'm saying? He's okay. He's just, you know, he likes what he likes, you know. He likes fucked up shit, you know, and and he carries that into his work. Uh, there's a that's why this movie is as dark and bleak as it is, you know. Uh, if you if you could, you know, it ends with uh, uh Michael killing himself. Um, the and she him, watches it. She watches it. That part yeah, sticks with me. The, I'd be the, like, I turn away. The movie literally ends with the gunshot that takes his takes his life, and then. But if you continue watching the credits, you know the they're trying to find the island. They get to the island, and it's infested with zombies. So you just have to take into consideration none of these motherfuckers survived. No, they're all they're all dead, you know. Which is like, yeah, that 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 Zach. He's kind he's he's, he's kind of like a a a stylish uh, David Fincher, where it's just like. Fuck everybody, you know, same kind of thing, you know. And, that's that is a bit nihilistic. What Sean was looking for, that ending is very nihilistic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and let me tell you, I I, I enjoy that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? It may make me make me, me look fucked up. You know, like no, I like I, I like I, I like fucked up shit with you know. It was just like there's no hope. You know, a lot of people like you know with the original Dawn of the Dead, it ends with some hope that like you know they don't know where they're going. But like, hey, you know, we'll figure this out together. And, and that it, wasn't the original ending, though. Right, right. It, you know, uh, Romero, like, I can't do that. You know, I want to leave it with a little hope. Zack Snyder said, fuck that. No hope. <laughs> They're all going to fucking die. And it's like, hey, you know, that's that's my kind of fucking jam. And uh, I don't know. No, Andy, wait, for that. I can't actually have a question for you about yes. this. 
Um, yeah. I, know, I know I know you do have a love for this movie like I that you you enjoy this film. Um, I do. Where, I where would you time. rank it yourself as far as like with 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 the horror remakes that we, that we mentioned that are that are on par or better than than the originals? Where would you rank this one like in your overall like like would it make like your top five or your top ten? Uh, definitely my top five. Um, and that's so people give me so much shit for that over the course of time because you know that I'm Romero to the bone. I fucking worship Romero. Uh, people are like, how can you like this right. movie? But you're a Romero fan, and I'm like, because it's fun, and I had a good time. I'm not trying to compare the two films. It was inspired by, and and speaking of the video game thing, it was um from because of this film we got uh you know video games like Dead Rising, which took place in the mall. We got Left for Dead, which uh. Uh, Mac mentioned, which I love Left 4 Dead. I played in a professional yep. league on on the first. We Left also Dead. got we also got Dead Alive, uh, Dead Dead Island from this. Mm-hmm. Where it, yes. it, for me, and, and for me, it almost seems like this picks up. Yeah. After that, so, I, I, I yeah, Dead Island. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, it's really it's really good, and and Dying Light is fucking even better, made by the same people who did uh, Dead Island. But um, but you know, so we did get some really fucking cool video games from this. Uh, it kind of revived it, and I think that it did push people to go back and watch the original who maybe hadn't seen it. You know, some of your younger people. And so on that note, Wait, um, ho- what ho- I'm gonna do? Ho- hold oh. on, Candy. I just wanted to add to what you were saying okay. that not not only that, but it, it like the movie didn't turn out as great as we hope, but it did lead to the success of this movie did lead to Romero getting to make land of the dead. Right. And them, I was gonna them, say that. Yeah. Them, them giving him a good budget for that, you know, which, which is weird. Yeah. That a, a, the re, a remake of his movie led to him getting enough money to make another a dead movie. It gave him a revival because yeah. Romero was at a lull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, there was Diary of the Dead, but we don't like to talk about Diary of the Dead. Um, I do love Survival of the Dead, and it yeah. is uh, often believed that the island that they go to is from Survival of the Dead, which I really love, and we will be talking about on the show. It was Romero's uh, swan song here in the uh, the uh, zombie uh, world, which he was the godfather of, uh, the modern zombie. And on that sure. note, I think we should start uh, doing reviews because uh, we uh, we may have a lot to say in our reviews. So I'm going to go first because I know I'm setting the bar really high and I'm going to let you guys just take it down to the fucking ground. I am going <laughs> to be my ge- my generous self. Uh, 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 Mac, did you have something you wanted to add or did you want to just go next? Nope. I'm going to go next. Okay, so my Uh, review of this film, um, I had to dock points for uh, the useless character of Nicole. It just offended me. Like, one, um, she's female, so of course she's fucking useless, you know? It it, it felt like it was pandering down to me, like, uh, well, look at her, she's, but she does pretty things, and she's a nice girl, and we love her so much. I'm like, I want a tough motherfucking bitch. Like, Day of the Dead, where you've got Sarah, and she just kicks ass. You know, I don't need to be like, oh, she's so delicate. That, I take points off for that. Uh, I take points off, especially for the zombie baby. I really feel like the inspiration for this was not Dead Alive, um, but was from John Russo's writings. 
because it was where he was going to go, but he and Romero parted ways after Night of the Living Dead. And as we know, Russo went on to do The Return of the Living Dead, which was fucking amazing, perfect score on this show. Um, but his writings had a different story, and, and the zombie baby was very integral to that sequel, and um, I feel like it was more of a callback to that. So if you want to get real fucking purist, it, 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 it's a callback to, like, some original shit that, you know, some shit that maybe even hardcore fans don't even know about. Um, but I think it was stupid. Um, it, a lot of people died for that fucking zombie baby, and it, it looked like shit. It wasn't a good effect. Mackay um, Pfeiffer, he's such a great fucking actor. And, yes, his parts, when he was acting, he did great. I agree with you, Dave. But, like... I mean, we're talking about he. Sh- if you're gonna put Mackay Pfeiffer in there, you don't put him in like some stupid ass subplot like that. He was wasted. It was stupid. And I'm sorry that we could have gone completely without Zombie Baby. Um, so no points for that. No points are awarded. May God have mercy on your soul. Um, <laughs> but that being said, how many points did I actually take off? Well, I'm feeling generous. Um, this movie is too much fun for me, and uh, I don't give a fuck about what people have to say because that I'm such a Romero fan. How dare I like this movie? Go fuck yourself. Um, I love Dawn of the Dead more than almost any movie in existence, the original, but I can have fun with this. And I think if you unclench your asshole a little bit, you can have fun with this movie. It's a good time. I'm not bored. I have. I, I love it. So the the points that I took off were half points, making this a nine out of ten twitchers. Um, oh. I'm giving this a nine out of ten because, uh, like Nico said, it's um, in that great moment of time where we had awesome remakes, mostly. <laughs> like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, oh my god, a fucking perfect. Uh, and you know we we just had we've had so many. Um, remakes that were actually better than the original this is not at all but it's fun i had a good time it stuck with me i've seen it a million times i'm not bored i i could go in there and watch it right now and just have a good time so yeah nine out of ten twitchers uh mac Uh, so my initial review seven and a half it has gone up not dramatic drastically but um i can't not uh, cater to the gamer in me because, like you said, we did get some really good games out of this. And the gore was really good. The zombie mm-hmm. baby, yeah, we could have did without. But you know what? It didn't really bother me that much because I was already in the zone where the impossible can happen. Like You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm going to give it eight Jay Leno headshot and uh, I went up half a point. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, half point. I love it. I'm I'm into it. I dig it. Uh, Nico, who is next? <laughs> I think Rob was. Okay, Rob. Sorry, Nico, you're better at this than me. Um, I will give it uh eight and a half out of ten pokers to the eye. Uh, yeah, I I I, I will take off points for this two. Uh, too many unnecessary characters. Um, Lindy Booth. Uh, I gotta tell uh Mike how y'all, we were shitting on his girl because he loves Lindy Booth. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I don't want Mike mad at me. 
Hey, he was like, he loves Lindy Booth and, and like, she's cute like, but useless in this movie. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh my god. She was the night fish in Kick Ass too. She she was also she was also great in the movie Cry Wolf. I still haven't seen that. Cry Wolf is great. I love Cry Wolf. Uh, she was great in that. Um, yeah, t- t- she was useless. There was too many unnecessary characters and um. Uh, but other than that, yeah, this is. I, I think that's the problem with this movie is that it's called Dawn of the Dead, so you're gonna have those, you know, faith Romero faithfuls um, coming after, like, how dare they? But like as um, Candy has eloquently put, that you know, you could be a Romero fanatic and still enjoy this movie on its own merits. Yeah. Because I I think that's the best way to judge this on its own merits. You know it. It, it it does what it wants to do. Like, yeah, the, the zombie baby's fucked up, but I don't mind the zombie baby. I think that the I actually think that was a great moment. You know, as you know, at, uh, I, I would have loved to have if Erica been here. You know, to see because she likes fucked up shit like I do. I know. <laughs> I, I was sad that Erica wasn't gonna be on tonight. Yeah. I was like, uh, man, because she, uh, she has an interesting yeah. viewpoint. Me, me and Erica share love for fucked up shit. Really fucked up shit. You know, saying I like right. fucked up shit, just different fucked up shit, I guess. No, I like some fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 different. that didn't bother me at all. It, it, it shows like really like, yeah, yeah, they're really getting fucking hardcore. I like it. I like it when it's fucking hardcore like that. They shot a zombie baby in the fucking face. Fuck yeah. <laughs> 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 please, please, please don't judge me. I didn't mind that. No. I just thought the, the concept was stupid. But yeah, um, like I said, like I was saying throughout the episode, um, I really love how it portrays a zombie apocalypse. I think it portrays it better than most things, uh, most zombie stuff out there. It, it really portrays like you know a total zombie apocalypse and the scariest version of a zombie apocalypse for me. Um, I think uh, all the actors, especially the three mains, Jake Weber, uh, Ving Rhames, and especially Sarah Polly. We didn't get to talk about Sarah Polly enough, but she's fucking amazing in this movie. You know, I've really not ever uh, seen her in anything I didn't like her in. Right. Um, she was great in Splice too. Like I love that. I was thinking of her in Go. I liked Go. Yeah, she was great. Go was fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, I also like uh, the the arc she shares with uh, Ty Burrell. He said, if I turn into one of those things, do me a favor, blow my fucking head off. Oh, you can count on that. And what happened when he turns into... That was almost my quote. Right, right. When he turns into a zombie, I got him. Like, yeah. And there's some great foreshadowing there because when she says that to him, he gives her a little look, like a little side eye look. Like, 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 really, really, really? And like, right, right. So you know it's going to happen. She blows his fucking head off, you know? You know it's going to happen. And it's great, too. But uh, yeah, yeah. um, Makai Pfeiffer, uh, he he is fantastic. But like, yeah, like, I wish he would have did more because, uh, uh, we didn't get to mention uh, he was also Mitch in Paid in Full, and he's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, he's fucking, yes. you know, I'm about to be on some real murder shit, A. Eh? <laughs> like, yeah, he's fucking amazing in that movie. So I, I, I wish we could have seen him do more, but he, he does extremely well with the amount of time and the material he's given, like as short as it is. But uh, yeah. Uh, and you know, it's, it's just great zombie action carnage, you know what I'm saying? Fucking, uh, you know, Ving Rhames weird in that shotgun, blowing away zombies and shit. 
uh, CJ as well. You know what I'm saying? They just just taking off so many fucking zombie heads with them shotguns. I'm a big fan of shotguns, as Mac knows. I love shotguns. Um, so it's always my weapon of choice in video games, zombie yeah. video games. Yeah, um, I meant he to does. ask. I, I I meant to ask Mac that um, CJ wields a Mossberg. Isn't there a a, a, right. a a function on that that where you can shoot where you could put it where you can shoot it without pumping it? No, that would just have to be. That's if you got the newer like uh, semi-auto Mossberg. But when this movie came out, like I wouldn't think they probably had that. Or not that they had it, but that's like uh, no I don't no. Know. I, 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 I say that because I remember in uh in RoboCop when RoboCop is uh taking down the cocaine factory, there's a dude shooting a Mossberg at him and shit, and he's firing it without pumping it. So in, I'm like, in Terminator, doesn't the gun shop owner say you can go either pump or auto? Can we start yeah. with the shotgun? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm at. That, that's what yeah. I need. Like you know, so like CJ hey, pumping, me. CJ pumping it is like, dude, why don't you just turn it on auto? And so like, this podcast is now on an FBI watch list. Just so <laughs> 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 I'm talking so about fucking clueless about guns. Fucking shotguns and shit. I don't know you anything are like about your guns. Yeah, yeah, Mac, Mac is our, just to let you know, Mac is the expert, uh, gun expert. Uh, I'm he, the gun expert guns. for the action drunk piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have gun questions, Mac is your guy. Good, your guy. Well, that's good to know. I, I don't know shit about guns. Yeah, but to, but to, to wrap up my review, eight and a half out of ten uh, fire pokers to the eye. Nice. Okay, uh believe Nico is next. Yeah, I'll go next. So I would I would honestly put this in my um in my top top five of the the horror remakes that that came out during. You know, during during the craze and and honestly overall, um, I went opening weekend to go see this with a bunch of friends too, and there was a lot of shit that people were reacting to, especially when Sarah Polly blows fucking Ty Barrels fucking blows him right in the face with the fucking gun. Um, there was just just there was just a lot of fucking like great scenes in this that the audience was reacting to, including that opening scene when she's driving and it's all done in one take. Yeah. Which is which is such oh. a beautiful shot. It really is. Yeah. It's a beautiful shot. Um. Again, the, I have to be to agree the with of the Zach Snyder, zombie everybody. baby and the yeah okay and um the the the, Lind- the Lindy Booth character being pretty much fucking wasted. She didn't need to be in the, the movie. She didn't add nor really subtract. I guess her only plot device was getting into the gun store. I guess that's yeah, ultimately with, what there was it was. Dog, but that could have been anybody's dog. Right, and then she named the chips with was whatever she she gained uh. an attachment okay cool but you know i just feel like sarah polly could have been the only female character in the movie we would would have been fine we wouldn't have lost anything and and plus you know the other the older woman too she was she was tough as nails too that one like she was fucking her. fearless right right you know you see what i'm saying and like you know we didn't really need the other two the, i mean they're, they're great i mean obviously you know snyder and fucking james gunn had to have some eye candy i guess Yes, in their mind in the movie, so those those two got got to fit the bill. But Sarah Polly is fucking adorable, and she's she's fucking gorgeous mm-hmm. as it is. So we could have been fine with just her, like I said. But um, I got to agree with Sean. The effects are fucking fantastic in this. Um, and Rob, I, I do agree. I think this is a more um, in my mind, realistic like what the zombie apocalypse would probably be if it was real would probably be this. Um. Walking Dead probably got some of that a little more correct more than likely, but not, I don't think 100%. I think maybe the zombies would be slower, and I think Ramiro's correct on that because, like, your body's decaying when, when you're a zombie. So I don't no, think you're going to be running I around. I could see. That, yes. 
and and I, I could see I could see being infected first and maybe running at that point, okay. But like as like the, the case starts to happen, then I could see you more like a shambling, like walking corpse, okay. Um, but that being said, like I think it's absolutely fucking terrifying how they portrayed the zombies in this movie, and you know, like that scene when they're all piled up on like the the, the two buses is fucking frightening as shit. Because this is like like your your means of escape, and this is like your you get, you're on your way to sanctuary, and you're fucking surrounded, and they're knocking on the fucking thing to knock the thing over, sacrificing themselves in the in the end. Um, I think the cast is fucking fantastic. This was like very well casted from from top to bottom. Um, I don't I don't agree with the Mackay Pfeiffer thing. I thought um, he served his purpose for what it was in the movie, even if um, it might have been not to your liking, Candy. But I I think the character arc was there. It was just you know he was there to get from point A to point B and get to the mall with them and deliver that zombie baby, whatever. Um, I don't think he's wasted at all. I prefer him as future in eight mile. I always, cause I love that movie. I think he's fucking fantastic in that too. Um, again, to see Ty Burrell as, as a douche instead of as like the nice guy, Mitch that we see on modern fam or whatever character is on Mitch. What, what character is he Mitch? I forget. Well, whatever I, I he is on modern family. Sure. Like I, it's, it's kind of funny, but like, I mean, he, he's funny on the show because he's basically like, like a doormat. He's like the doormat for the whole family. Like they all they all fuck with him. So to see him as like is this, and I and I had forgot that he was in it. I was like, oh shit! Like there's there's Ty Burrell. Um, I think this um this would like I said in, in my top five. Like I would go like the thing, the fly, probably Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This and the Invisible Man would be like my top five horror remakes because the Invisible Man was also on par with the horror remakes. I did another one. They did a good job with. Yeah, pretty solid. Um. The, you know, we talked a lot of shit about Zack Snyder, good and bad, both, whatever. Um, the fact that he got to make this as his first feature film to kind of go, you know, tackle a Romero classic and didn't fuck up was amazing. James Gunn, again, yes, I know there was rewrites, but initially this was his idea for how the story was going to play out. They just tweaked it where it was. Also, again, a miracle that he didn't fuck this up. I mean, this was a daunting task to pull off. I mean, I remember when they announced it, like this was worse than when they announced the Texas Chainsaw remake with Jessica Biel, like like the backlash online. And then the movie came out and people were changing their fucking tunes. Now, not everybody like like Sean, like, Our you know, purists. doesn't like this movie. And that's and that's and that's totally fine. But I also have to say, like I said earlier, the, the original exists still. It didn't go anywhere. This one exists also. And that's fine. It it took um you know the original story and put a fresh coat of paint on it. It's its own movie, which I think works. If any reimagining or remake is going to work, it has to be its own movie. This works. You know you don't you don't fall under the, the the trap like Rob Zombie's Halloween, where you know he starts off making it his own movie and then he like he breakneck speeds into Carpenter's movie for this for the last half of the movie. You know you don't. It doesn't always necessarily work like we talked about with Nightmare on Elm Street. That that didn't work either where it was basically like a fresh coat of paint on that, but it was like stale, like lead paint, like lead chips were like falling off of that one. So, um, but to me, this, this works, I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of 10, um, checkmates when they're playing the chess on the roof. Um, this movie completely works. This, this movie completely works. It works. And again, I hadn't seen it in a while. I watched it the other night for this and it still holds up. So I, I nine and a half out of ten. This movie still fucking rocks. 
I'm so happy to hear your yeah. reading. Yeah, I'm going to have that time. It still kicks ass. It still kicks ass. Yay. Awesome. Okay, uh, Sean, let's hear from you. No, 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 well, Sean, Sean. Sean, no, Sean should go last. Sean has to go last. Sorry, Sean, but you have to go but last. But his hand was at first. That's why I did it. No, but being, being as Sean is was the the the, the center. <laughs> convince me. Convince me. He, he was me. the one that had no. the kind of vote. Like it, Sell it, me it this has, pencil. It has to end with Sean giving his rating because we have to see how we did. Okay, sorry, yeah, sorry. yeah. Sorry, so that's how sorry, it, honey. it has to work out. That's true, Sean. Sorry. Sorry, sorry dude. But I am sorry. sorry. That leaves uh, Dave. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm, I'm going to go right out there um, and give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, zombie, <laughs> wow. zombie heads in a, in a cooler on a boat because <laughs> I love that scene. Cool. Nice. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it short. So I, I think I mentioned it earlier, and I've mentioned it in other episodes, that I love this movie because my daughter and I, she was seven when we started watching it. We bonded over this film. This is sort of a, such a great moment for, for my daughter Zoe and I. Um, it's not perfect. Uh, it it, but it, it's it's exciting. I think the zombies running. I've always found it ridiculous the argument about running zombies and walking zombies. We're talking about reanimated fucking dead people, and then you're gonna argue realism. Like you're gonna say, okay, zombie people can come back to life and bite you and eat you, but can they run or walk? Like can they drive a car? Can they wear a watch? It doesn't. We're talking. We about, have our gatekeepers in every community. Is that yeah? We that's know, a term the for community is not immune. Is gatekeeper like a code for insufferable assholes? Because I don't understand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, I love the zombie baby. I wanted to mention because Galen Ross in the original Dawn that is pregnant. Yes. You can't tell me that no one ever thought to themselves, what would happen if she got bitten and died while pregnant? Am I the only person who thought of that? Like, well, no. Probably You're one also, of my 1,000 watchings, I probably thought about it. So I thought that they took that to its logical when she gives birth to a fucking zombie baby. I fucking thought it was great. Yeah, they, you know, the CGI is not great, but they couldn't really do it with a real baby, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, I want—I'm dying to hear what Sean has to say. Me too. I don't think we've. So I'm going to pass yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah, we have not changed this. I love this movie. I will watch it. I watch it monthly just because it's like I, I need to. But and ten out of ten. And now Sean, hi. Yeah. yeah so have that. <laughs> we haven't changed his mind. I know that much. We're sorry, bro. We're sorry, bro. But it had—you had to be last because. Um. You guys actually changed my mind, right? Uh, Right? So I'm going to give this a 3 out of 10. I'm just Uh, playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I was like, what the fuck? I'm playing. No. No. So I did. You guys guys did bump it up a little bit. And so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 propane tanks. And okay. That's I, I, That's I had started this out. I started this out as a five, right? Because I'm like middle of the road. I love the gore. I think they did a really great job with the gore. Um, especially love the chainsaw scene. Like Dave said, I love the head in the cooler scene. That that part was actually really fucking cool. Um, I just it, like I said earlier with the characters, like there's so many of them, and it, I'm just like saturated with all of these different people that like, I don't really give a shit about any of them, you know? Now I, I understand like Sarah Polly's character. Um, 
and and I think because I start the movie with her, I see her from beginning to end, you know. But it's like the rest of them, like Ving Rhames. I love Ving Rhames, but like I just I couldn't. I, I felt bad for him because, you know, the whole thing with his brother in Fort Pastor, and I got that, but I just, there was so much, like, useless dialogue I felt in this film that it, it just made me hard to like certain people. It made it really easy for me to dislike a lot of people. Um, right. And, and, and I think that the, like, like I think what Dave said with, with CJ, with the transition, it was very, like, quick. And, you know, it just didn't feel right. It didn't sit right with me. Um, you guys, I think Candy had mentioned um, when Andy, uh, you know, with with the signs and stuff, when he had lifted it up and it had blood on it. And I do I, I had totally forgotten about that because I, I haven't actually watched this in a while. But I, I do remember like seeing that and I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, and it and it was a feeling the, the part with the dog and running across. I'm sorry, that was fucking stupid. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, uh, what was her name? Nicole. Nicole. The, uh, yeah. Uh, couldn't stand her. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I can remember her name. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And I, <laughs> you know, and I kind of, and I kind of felt like, you know, at the end where, you know, you find out, um, he, the guy had gotten bit, what's his name? David Weber. Is that his name? Um, uh, Jake, 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 Jake Weber, Jake Weber, Michael, Michael, Michael. Okay. Michael. When yes. at the end, you know, Michael had gotten bit, and you know, he had to get off the boat and all that stuff. Uh, kind of a little cliche, you know. I mean, I see you see that a lot in movies, you know, whatever. But the fact that they all died at the end, like you know, it was very dark. It was very bleak. Um, I think it, it was a fitting ending because I didn't give a fuck about any of them. So I'm glad they all died. Um, <laughs> okay. So, you know, I mean, I, Zack Snyder is, sorry, Nico, he's great at action. He's great at action. And that's what this was. This didn't feel like a horror movie to me. This felt like a zombie action film. Um, and I, Honestly, you know, call me a purist. You could have given this any other name, and it would have still been a decent movie. You know How what I'm saying? How many times like, have we had that argument over the years? And I'm sure we'll have it many more. You it's going to go on as he rubs his temple. So, It'll be so honey, <laughs> our graves side by side are our sides of the argument. Honey, I just want you to know, I've slightly unclenched my asshole. Right, Ooh. so that I can, so that I can give this, I can give this a, a seven out of ten. I'm okay. happy I'm and disturbed. I'm really impressed. It's so much better than I was expecting. So any progress is progress. We like that. That's right. That's um, right. And I'm gonna jump in um, here. I, I honestly uh, don't feel like we gave uh, Jake Weber enough credit here. I thought his character of Michael had a great story. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was well done. He was an awesome hero. And I love when they're asking, they ask, like, what do you do? Like, Mackay Piper's character is like, what do you even do? And he's like, I sell TVs at Best Buy. And he's like, <laughs> why are you a guy who sells TVs at Best Buy? And, you know, but he he's such a great, like, hero. He's such a great leader. And we have some really good moments with him. I mean, obviously, I ship him and... um. Anna, you know, Sarah Polly's character, 
you know, when they had a little weird chainsaw love scene. I was into it, but you know, call me, I, I'm a romantic. So I was like, you know, they both lost a lot and they found each other and they're both kind of the leaders. And, you know, I like that. And so we need to give him a little bit more credit. He did a great job in this role. And that moment, um, it is cliche. Okay, I'm going to sit here and just watch the sunrise. But I think uh, what's cool about that moment is that it is a slight reference to the title. Um, because it starts at dawn and it ends at dawn. You know, the film does. And that's why I start watching the sunrise at dawn. And uh, and I think it's very indicative of something. You know, Sarah Polly is also experiencing loss again. And she's watching him. And he's standing there and you see him raise the gun and you hear the gunshot. And she just kind of jumps. I'm like, why are you watching this? But, you know, she cared and, you know, she lost somebody again. So, um, but, you know, so it worked really well. That chemistry did. And um, on a final note, before we do plugs, I want to say that we did speak uh, here and there, sprinkled throughout, about uh, people getting their start in horror. Um, a lot of people, a lot of really influential you know, talented people got their start in horror because it's you can make it cheap. And you can, uh, I mean, it's just a great starting place. And so many people started in horror and now they're like, you know, very highbrow and, you know, big names in Hollywood. And you can go back, look at Peter Jackson. I mean, he's a great example of that. And his shit like, you know, of course, The Beloved Dead Alive and um, Bad Taste, uh, maybe not so beloved, Meet the Feebles. And then we've got fucking Lord of the Rings. And I mean, like, what's a bigger success story? I mean, there's, there's so many of them. And um, while I may not be like, you know, I don't like Stan, Zack Snyder or anything, but I think he did a great job for this, especially being his first film. And uh, tackling such a big job and knowing he was going to get so much shit for it's a beloved classic, very beloved, even to, you know, obviously to me, it's my favorite. Um, that and Data Dead are tied, actually, but um, and Night. Well, never mind the original three, but OK, um, I'm just a Romero <laughs> fan. But so the fact that I like it so much surprised me and I just I, that pleases me. Great job. Got your start. You've gone on to, you know, whatever. Stay up your hair, movies. Okay. But, um, that was frightening. Did demons just enter the chat? Yeah, what the fuck was that? Who is that? I don't. For, for once, it's not me. No, it is. Hey, I was laughing. It's oh, it's, 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 it's a hat. I don't know. Okay, what that was frightening. I was actually scared. Okay. <laughs> No, it's Dave too. Oh my God, it's everybody. What What's the fuck happening? happening? It wasn't me. No, yeah, that was fucking creepy. It's not man. me. <laughs> I'm fucking done with Skype. I hate this shit. Max, yes, is that you? Max. It was. It was Max. Oh yeah, it is Mac. It is Mac being the creepy guy. <laughs> Dude, why does he sound like fucking? Like, Dude, I was like Pazuzu, he, get he back. He sounds like fucking Ned from. He sounds like Ned from. Oh, the Matrix has me right now. Oh, the Matrix? You said the Matrix has him? Yeah. He sounds like the voice in every 80s video game. Don't smoke the Zork. That's the voice from Zork. Sean, did you have something you wanted to add before we wrap up? I mean, before we do plugs? No, I didn't realize my hand was up. I was too busy trying to decipher Max. Electronic voice. Okay. <laughs> Figure so, out how to edit that shit. 
on that note, um, I'm really actually impressed with everybody's ratings. I'm so glad that uh, everybody could have fun with this and that we were able to change Sean's line a little bit. Um, you guys have succeeded where I have failed um, in a, over a decade. Um, so Did you say you. fun? Failed. No, you said you said I'm glad everybody had fun with this. I said, did you say fun? I had fun. I had fun. Uh, I had fun with this. I like this movie. <laughs> Demon Boys like, had nobody fun. Nobody asked you. Nobody I asked had you. fun too. <laughs> I had fun. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's what I would picture like JP to sound like in Grandma's Boy if he had like a robot voice. <laughs> no. He sounds like the source of the the uh, of the machines and fucking Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> yeah. the, the or the Superman. Might, or dude, that might that might be the voice of the supercomputer from Superman Three. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wait till we get. Because before I can see you, but now I can see you. Oh, oh my God. Well, I'm going to be some bad Oh my God. I hope it sounds like this when I listen to it. So I can know what I sound like right now. Sean, this is song material, bro. Hey, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Solid material, he said. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, Matt, go ahead, speak. This is Matt, the all-star, the co-host of Action Junkies. Don't forget to watch Justice League. Hold on. Max, March 13th. <laughs> Jesus. He sounds like a he sounds like a three pack a day smoker talking through a fucking voice box. Oh, smoke cigarettes. <laughs> oh, dude, he fucking sounds. He, he sounds breathe. like fucking Tono gargled with glass or something. No, dude. What, 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 what was that? What was that cigarette commercial with the with the with the Hispanic dude in the shower? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing mm-hmm. would ever be that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Wait, Mac, Mac, oh. can you just say resistance is futile? Resistance is futile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I needed this laugh today, boys. God damn it. When I laugh really hard, I snort, and so you guys heard that. I and he's talking to say. Give this guy a tracheotomy. <laughs> Wait, oh my goodness. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. He still sounds better than Christian Bale as Batman. Just say, just say, I'm not, say, I'm not wearing hockey pads. No. <laughs> You're being a pet still forever. It makes me think of my Commodore 64. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, 
an unexpected you turn. Get me, get me for plugs unless that's how you want it. <laughs> I, I, I'll do the plugs, bro. If, if, if you're yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's wrap. But if I sound all fucked up, like you don't understand, dude. You don't understand. <laughs> Okay, this is a hell of a drug. That's what you're gonna say. This is the greatest episode ever. Oh, and, and Erica missed it. Erica, I know. Oh. It, I, I know she was really sad about not being here. Say, come to Grandma, I kiss. <laughs> Like Megatron with throat cancer. That's who you No, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Max. I know, I know, but hold on, one more thing, Max. Say, you've disappointed me again, Starscream. Wait, 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 wait. He sounds like, wait, you gotta say, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, whatever, man. You're doing this, you're doing this all wrong, man. You need to start an OnlyFans and charge people to tell you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my credit card. I want to be the first. Oh, yeah. I'm a- we can get him. We can get him hooked up. He can have like his own cameo account. Let's do it. House of Screams, Crazy Voice Guy. This could be the intro for some acting drunkies. I'll clip this. Acting drunkies. clips. Action drunkies. <laughs> I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Erica missed it. 
I'm so sad Erica missed this. I know. Oh, no. She would have yeah. fucking lost it. Okay. okay. Well, I'm, I'm about to lose it. We're at two hours and 11 minutes. I know. Okay. Plugs. Uh, we'll let Rob do plugs first. All right. All right. All right. All right. Our, our longest. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, you can find me and Megatron over here. At <laughs> Prime. <laughs> of course, you can, yeah, you can find me and Mac at uh, Action Drunkies. Um, of course, um, the, the, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, of course, plug uh, our, our brother Mike Scott over at Actions Undisputed. Um, our our uh, our a wonderful wonderful friend Ian over at Behind the Screams and uh, my boy um will be here next week by the way nice um of course uh <laughs> I'm sorry sorry <laughs> I'm gonna shout them out too <laughs> uh and uh my my boy Michael Cook over at uh, Hit Rewind um he's got a great podcast over there so check him out uh and yeah um. That's it for uh, me and Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Nico. So I just found out that um, I don't know if it's going to be a one-time only thing or what, but Rob, I guess we're bringing in the Asylum back for like a special show. Oh, oh are we? Yeah, we are bringing the Asylum back. It looks like for, I don't know if it's going to be a one-off or whatever, but the Asylum was, was my very first podcast I did. So um, okay. I got contacted with my old co-host, and she kind of wants to get back and do it. I don't know if it's going to be one show, which I'm hoping it's only just one show. We'll see. But um, it might be a little reunion in the works just for that. We're probably going to go all out and try to get some, like, special people as uh, guests and, you know, try to get you guys to come on to uh, for that as well. Um, you could M- – Megatron better scream Prime. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to um, also uh, – Find me on Instagram at El Jefe Del Horror and on Twitter as El Jefe Del Horror. There it is. And you can find me on Facebook at Nico Nice. Yay. Um, Sean? Well, I recently deleted my Twitter account because I, I found out the hard way. my fucking phone. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Sean and the Dead. And that's about it. All right. Um, Dave? I just um, thank you for this evening, everyone. Um, I needed it. Um, and, and and if you're not listening to this podcast regularly, what is wrong with you? And, that, <laughs> and uh, thank you and good night. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I guess it leaves me. Um, preview for our next show is going to be the 13 Ghosts remake uh, in our series of attacking remakes. Uh, rather recent remakes in terms of the grand scheme of cinema. Um, so uh, our friend Ian from Behind the Screams will be on that show. We're very excited to do it. Uh, we love Ian and um, the whole crew at Behind the Screams. We've um, had two of the hosts, and we will have the third host coming on shortly. And a title I will not reveal right now. Um yeah, so uh, our Twitter is doing well. You can find us at house underscore screams. Uh, I do all of our social media 
Um, my Instagram is really blowing up right now, and I don't know why that is, but I always promo the fuck out of the show and just horror stuff in general, and you'll get, like, makeup things. Maybe that's horror, too, to you. Uh, depends on your taste. Uh, so that's Candy the Final Girl. I'm Candy the Final Girl on Slasher, but I haven't really been on Slasher too much lately. Um, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, whatever. Uh, Slasher's pretty cool. It's, it's just not, I'm not feeling it. Uh, I tried it out for a while, but uh, also you can find us on Facebook. We have a page, the House of Screams Horror Podcast, and we also have a group where we post some fun stuff and ideas. Uh, these We record all of this actually on video, then extract the audio, which Sean of the Dead himself does. Thank you, Sean. Um, mm. But so I, I post our video clips. And do you see the the shit that goes on behind this and why we interact the way that we do sometimes uh, because we're all looking at each other and sometimes it's really fucking hilarious. And uh, you get you get a little bit more from that. So I, I do post a lot of clips. So those are also on my Instagram and our Facebook page. Um, do I uh, Rob, did you plug for Mac? Yeah. I'll plug for myself, damn it. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So, drop, them plug, drop them plugs for the Decepticons. <laughs> I got you. Shout out to uh, my family over here at House of Screams. You guys should be listening to it. If you're not, I'm almost wrong with Brothers over here. Rob. Glad uh, the Action Drunk needs to be coming back with a fire season. Stay tuned. Shout out to Mike over at Atkins Undisputed. Mike, we see you. Boy, the Decepticons, you know, and uh, thank you for guys for having me again. You know, I'm on all the time now. Get, get, get yeah. those Autobots. <laughs> yeah, destroy, wow. destroy the Autobots. Yeah. It's time for I'm, these Autobots to roll out, actually. Um, I did, oh, I forgot one thing I wanted to plug. Uh, uh, Sean and I made an appearance again on... Uh, well, it was my second appearance, but Sean's first on uh, Behind the Screams. That will probably be out already by the time this episode comes out. But tune in for that. Um, you know, check out their uh, their Twitter, which is at Screams Behind. Um, they're such a great group of people. Um, can't say enough good things. But you're going to be seeing us there also, again, coming up soon. So we've got a couple episodes where we're guesting on there. And obviously, Ian, Lucy, Lindsay, uh, come on the show. They're definitely our brother podcast. And we appreciate them. So, And I appreciate all of you. Thank you, guys. I, I, needed, a good, I needed a good laugh. Uh, we all know what I've been going through with my spine. And, um, and it's really kind of affected my mental health as well. And I, I, I need you guys, and I love you guys, and you, love you, too. Love love you, you did your job. You did your job tonight, and I, I, th- I thank you for that. Shout out to Mac for providing the laughs. Uh, he's always thank good for a laugh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I Sean, need this I'm, like about, I'm about, about to ask him a question. Oxygen. Sean, you can you can edit this out. Mac, are you, uh, you, you smoking down with an L right now? Uh, I mean, I can smoke down with the hell you want to I'm gonna say that he said yes. I don't know because it sounds like <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Okay, you're making me very jealous. I have none, so like I'm very jealous right now. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how I'm using my ninja turtle. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Oh wait, wait. Can I can I show you guys something real quick? I mean, you can uh, Sean, you can edit this out too. Hang on a second. No, Oh, Mac, I'm not editing you out. I'm going to put some auto-tune on this shit. This must sound great. This must sound great.